Good evening, happy Friday, and thank you for joining us. You're watching the nine at night. I'm Stefania Jimenez. Tonight, a mother's suspicions are confirmed. She feared that her 17-year-old daughter died of a fentanyl overdose, and this week, the medical examiner's toxicology report confirmed that she was right. Alicia Barrera spoke with the family and has more about their mission to track down the dealer and also spark change at a state and federal level. We died inside when our daughter died. So we're numb. For Veronica Caprosi and her husband, Daniel, it's a hard truth to process. Fentanyl, toxicity, accidental. Nearly three months after finding her 17-year-old daughter, Danica, unresponsive, her parents are ready to fight. Something she tried to ease her mind and somebody poisoned her. Something needs to be done because this drug is killing our children. The Caprosis have reached out to state representative John Lujan and Congressman Tony Gonzalez to push for stricter penalties for fentanyl distribution. I want justice for my daughter um, because that was murder. Whether there was intent or not, my daughter's not here. She's six feet under and uh, that's intent enough. Selma Police continues its investigation to determine how Danica was able to get this drug, and her parents say investigators do have a key piece of evidence in their hands, which is their daughter's phone. Veronica suspects her daughter was trying to get access to Xanax, a prescription drug sometimes used to treat insomnia. I'm assuming that it was through text or through Instagram. Very hard to process because I knew my daughter didn't want to die. And according to Rise Recovery CEO Evita Morin, most often, those using drugs are not looking for fentanyl. They're not looking to die. And fentanyl is a hidden drug in these in these other drugs that they're taking. And they're, they're dying prematurely because they did not know. Alicia Barrera, KSAT 12 News. Another news now. A man and his stepson on trial at the same time for the same murder. And today, the state rested its case in the trial for Lane Wutan and Williams Blankenship. Now, testimony focused on what happened the night that 24-year-old Josh Fowler was killed. The lead detective on the case took the stand today to tell jurors what his investigation revealed. And Fowler and another friend had a run-in with Wutan earlier in the day on December 8th of 2020. And later, while Fowler and his friend were at another friend's house, Wutan showed up with his mother and stepfather, Williams Blankenship. Now, Fowler got into a fight with Wu-Tan, and at some point he was shot, but by who? That's the question. How many shots were fired is also another question, since investigators say the defendants arrived with more than one weapon. There were no casings found at the actual murder site, were there? No. We know there was for sure one because the victim was shot but there was there were no casings that were found so there could have been one or there could have been two shots that night correct closing arguments in that case set for monday now jennifer blankenship Wutan's mother is also facing charges in this case and she's set to go to trial at a later date in other news a handful of people in the downtown area are looking for some place to stay tonight after being forced out by fire this happened on the 800 block of quincy when firefighters got there they found smoke coming from the back of a home that had multiple rental units it took them about 20 minutes to put it out and everyone got out safely but fire investigators told us the damage was so extensive that no one's going to be able to stay there it's been weeks. State troopers are still looking for a dangerous jail escapee. DPS troopers say they're looking for Brandon Wayne Hogan, who they say escaped his work crew in Coriel County, which is just east of Temple and Waco. 
In August, he was arrested on multiple crimes, including burglary and assault. And then on September 26th, DPS says that he escaped and he's been on the run ever since. Now, here's a better description of him. He's 5 foot 10, about 170 pounds with tattoos on both of his arms. Investigators say he is considered dangerous, so if you do see him, don't approach him. What you do is call the Texas Crime Stoppers, which is the number that you see on your screen. It's 1-800-252-TIPS. San Antonio police trying to figure out why a man was running for help at a West Side motel around 930 this morning. The man ran up to staff with his hands zip tied. He said he'd been robbed. When police arrived, they noticed a car that matched his description. And when the people inside the vehicle saw police, police say they took off. But police did catch up with them off of Medina Valley Road under Loop 410, and they took a 17 and 18 year old into custody. But right now they're not sure if this was random or if the man who was zip tied knew the suspects. A woman in critical condition this evening after she was hit by a car early this morning happened around two in the 64,000 block of I-10 West near Balcones Road, which is on the city's northwest side. Police say that she was walking along the access road when a car hit her. The driver did stop to help, so that person isn't going to be charged. It's a case that's gone cold. No suspects, no leads. San Antonio Police and Crime Stoppers now want your help to figure out who killed a man back in 2016. Today marks six years since 37-year-old Guadalupe Cantu was killed. She was found dead the morning of October 14th of 2016 behind a building in the 3000 block of South Flores. Now that's right near Burbank High School. Police say it looked like that person had some blunt force trauma, but to the head, but don't really know much else. So if you know what happened to Cantu, you are urged to call Crime Stoppers. That number is 224 stop. And if you have any information that leads to an arrest, you could get a $5,000 reward. Recall alert tonight. Abbott Labs is recalling certain lots of its two ounce ready to feed liquid formula. The tops may not have been sealed completely, which is a problem because it could cause the formula to spoil, which would then cause stomach problems. Now, most of the affected pro products are distributed mainly to hospitals and doctor's offices, and you can find the lot numbers that are affected by this recall at SimilacRecall.com. Now, this probably sounds familiar to you because back in February, a much larger recall from Abbott shut down production that caused a nationwide shortage. Now, Abbott says that this recall that we're talking about tonight is a lot smaller and it shouldn't affect the overall supply. Now, let's get you ready for the weekend. Here's meteorologist Adam Kasky with your forecast. No big changes as we go into the weekend near 70 in the morning up to about 90 degrees into the afternoon and you will notice the humidity and it's going to be the same for both Saturday and Sunday. It's Sunday night when a strong cold front drops in. It's going to increase our rain chances, especially throughout the day on Monday. Some numerous showers and thunderstorms across south and central Texas uh, bringing us some Accumulations of one to two inches in several neighborhoods, I think. That'll be on the day at Monday, near 70 on Monday, but even cooler by Wednesday morning. We're down near 50 degrees to start the day on Wednesday. And even with sunshine, we're looking at low to mid 70s starting Tuesday of next week. In the 50s, I'll take it. Now, before we leave, we want to tell you about something. It's not just a mobility tool, but also a symbol of strength. Today, the Lighthouse for the Blind honored White Cane Awareness Day. The Lighthouse offers access to low vision devices and training, which is something that a lot of healthcare providers, frankly, don't. 
This morning at Beautify San Antonio Park, dozens of local visual of local visually impaired men and women gathered for free resources to help them better navigate life using a white cane. The white cane is a symbol of how people who are visually impaired or blind learn to overcome their disability and maintain their independence and live a fulfilled life. It means the world to me because to see so many different strong people who are going through this life-binding thing that we're all connected to, it's just, it's inspirational. Yeah, and it also helps them be somewhat independent. That person that you just heard from has something called retinitis pigmentosa and says that events like this are about community and also awareness of life with a low vision. Well, just like that, we are out of time. The Nine at Night returns on Monday. Have a fabulous weekend. We'll see you then.